0: Welcome to Joyosity. I'm Jen Whitmer. I'm a speaker, consultant, and joy bringer, helping you create positive culture with complex people. Because listen, that's all we got. I'm thrilled you were here. So get yourself ready. Grab your multiple beverages, get your speaker, your headphones connected so we can dive in. True leadership requires more than just surface level strategies, it requires a profound connection to everything that makes us human. Each week, I have conversations with experts and leaders, and you. If you're listening live, introduce yourself in the comments. Let us know where you are in the world and maybe what's in that mug on your desk. We're connecting as humans, remember? These conversations aren't just fun banter and information. Joyosity is so much more than a live show and a podcast. It's a movement, a space where we dare to explore the depths of our own hearts and minds, a liminal space where you are free to play around and beta test your own growth, sort of like a test kitchen lab for your leadership skills. It's where you discover that real joy has deep roots, a playground to find the hidden truths, the ideas waiting to be explored and the untamed potential that lies within you. We're not just hanging out in idea land. We're talking about the best actions that develop you as a person and hone your skills as a leader. If you're an experienced leader or just starting out, Joyosity is the community for you. Join us every Monday live at 1 p.m. Eastern on LinkedIn and YouTube for a dose of inspiration and practical advice. Whether you are live in the comments or catching the podcast later, we're here to help you create a place where work is a joy, people are whole, and organizations flourish. Let's go. Good morning. Good afternoon. Welcome to the show today. I'm so glad that you are here. So If you read a little bit about what I wrote, a floating Petri dish is seriously, seriously what I thought a cruise ship was. I did not want to go anywhere near it. And then I had an experience at Disney's corporate headquarters talking about values and how they use their values as part of the way they literally run their business through a decision-making framework, and it all the way from the top to the janitor. uh, And anybody who works anywhere in a Disney park, cruise ship, all over the place. And I then decided I am willing to go on a cruise with Disney. So because of their values, I decided to spend multiple thousands of dollars with this business. And I always had known that values were a very important part of leading a decision-making process, also part of how we organize our cultures in in business but until that time i didn't quite realize uh, for myself that i'm going to choose to spend money with somebody who lives by their values and so today i am so excited to bring matt dentino on he is a podcaster he is a consultant he works for a company called brain trust who does a lot of work around personality, which you know that I love, and creating positive cultures in the spaces that they work with. And so I am so excited for you to meet Matt.
1: Hello. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's a great intro. I appreciate it. I love, love being here.
0: I am so glad that you're here. We met, oh gosh, a few months ago and had such a great conversation. I was like, oh, we need to have this conversation on the show and the podcast because I think what you have to offer particularly around leading and values and neuroscience is so incredibly important to our to our conversation. So if you are here live, let us know you're here live in the comments. Hello, hello, friends. And if you're catching the replay, you know, comment there because we want to ask you, we want to answer your questions as well. So it's a conversation between me and Matt, but also a conversation with you. So Matt, I always like to start with people giving an idea of who you are and where you came from? Like, how did you, how did you get to this place working at Brain Trust and um, doing what you do today?
1: Yeah. Well, it was a long journey. <laughs> um, and it, it literally, it starts at the end. You know, the old cubby saying, begin with the end in mind. Absolutely. Well, I actually began at the end. I, I retired last year, year and a half ago. And I refired to use a, a Ziegler Thing because I love Zig Ziglar uh-huh. into this space. I, I have um, so I'll, I'll take you back just a little bit. I'm I'm the seventh of ten kids. Come from a big mm. Italian family. <laughs> uh, you know, we always joked that at our house we were so competitive that when you threw the dog a bone, you signal for a fair catch. <laughs> it's the only way you got you got to eat at our house. And so the first one up was always the best one dressed. So <laughs> but, so, so that's. I started in a big family. Um, my dad was very intentional. He was one of the smartest, one of the most emotionally intelligent before emotional intelligence was actually a thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Men that I uh, that I've ever known, and still to this day, know. Um, he was he was an executive at caterpillar. He was also an entertainer. He was a director. He was a dancer. He was a singer. He was a comedian. Jack of a-
0: all trades. Talk he- about a powerhouse.
1: Yeah. And, and he was very intentional about all the stuff that he did. And so when I was very young, five years old, dad was traveling a lot. He was out of town, out of the country a lot with Kat. And one of his core values was family. He came from a big Italian family. He and mom specifically decided they wanted to raise a big Italian family. And so when I was about five years old, uh, he decided he needed to create an activity that we could do as a family that would develop that connection, that familial connection that he so desired, more than so, just
0: throwing the dog a bone.
1: Yeah, more than just throwing the dog <laughs> a bone, going fishing. So he created the Dancing Dentinos. <laughs> yeah, the group of at that time it was eight of us, and then there were then there became ten. So it, it ended up that when we finally shut the thing down because we were all going our own separate ways, there were ten of us. But
0: oh my we God. performed.
1: We performed all over the Midwest. You know, our claim to fame, we were on a show with the Osmonds one time at a fair. We were on um, an Italian-American picnic with Dolly Parton and Court, uh, Porter Wagner. But that wasn't the point. That's <laughs> I always love to tell that story because it's fun for me because I always like those guys. But the point that dad made there was trying to develop familial connection. Yeah. And that through the rehearsals and the way that, the way that he would connect us as as a team. Every Saturday morning, we'd have a family uh, rehearsal. Every Tuesday night, we'd go to Great Aunt Jean and Aunt Rose's studio, and they would teach us old vaudeville routines, tap dances, all that good stuff. And then Saturday morning, we'd come home. Mom would wake us up with a big pancake egg and bacon breakfast. We'd fill our stomachs, grab our tap shoes, go down to the basement, and we'd spend a couple hours working on the routines. Dad would work it this way. He'd pair one of the older kids up with one of us younger kids, and we'd work on a section of the routine together. And I didn't realize it then. I look back on it now and I go, you know what he was doing? He was teaching us, demonstrating to us the benefit of service, Mm -hmm. service to others. Because what I found out is that when I'd get a double time step or all the sounds in a double or triple time step... 5 years old, 6 years old, 7 years old, I was absolutely thrilled. Dopamine rush, so we're going to get into some neurochemistry. <laughs> Dopamine rush, that's a reward chemical. You're like, oh, "I got that. I got every sound." What I didn't realize then was that my older brother or sister that was working on the step with me, they got the same rush. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's all kinds of implications in that as to why I'm here with Brain Trust and why I'm doing this, but it all boils down to this. My dad ran those rehearsals in such a way that I caught his three primary values in life. Family, the most important relationship you can have on this earth, dedication to service, the most important thing you can be known for and the service itself, the most important thing you can do with your time while you're here. And he never said anything about that. It was just the way he ran things and the way he brought us together that I caught those things from him. Mm -hmm. Now, 60 years ago we didn't know anything about the neurochemistry the brain science of it but now we know all that stuff so now I can put actual reasons behind why that was so effective yeah and why my nine brothers and sisters and I have a uh, you know have a family text that we're blowing up every day because <laughs> we love each other we're yeah. still very close
0: well, I think there's a few. I mean, first of all, I love that story also coming from a large, loud Italian Catholic family uh, <laughs> that that I just see this direct parallel into how we lead and, and live inside organizations. Yeah. He designed his life around his values. Yeah, There were there were structures that he created in order to uphold the value yeah. that was. You know, the first thing. And and then there was what I always like to talk about is there was alignment between the implicit culture and the explicit culture. So I explicitly say this is what's important to me. And then the actions lined up with that, because what our actions are is what's actually important to us. And so those values of connection and service and the and the gift and the work that you do in the world clearly made its way. in in an embodied way into your life, into your your nine siblings. And then now that you carry that into the world, I think in business, we have to, when we don't have alignment between implicit and explicit culture, or we don't system and structure or operationalize our values, people leave because they sense the disconnect or the lack of support. So I would love to hear you talk a little bit about a little bit more about that neurochemistry because sometimes we can intuitively know yeah like they say this and they do something else and i want to get out of here but yeah. why is that so important
1: yeah great great question so i'll give you just a, a couple of things the there's been a, you've heard the saying probably before that you can't you you can't consistently live in a manner that is not in uh, direct line with your values. You can fake it for a while, right? But, but you can't consistently do that. And so what we're finding at Gallup does this study every year where they look at the workforce and it's pretty consistent year to year to year to year. The, the last one for 2023 that came out recently still talked about the fact that 53%, I think is what the number was. Yeah. It fluctuates it right in there, but 53% of people that leave the workforce or leave a particular job aren't leaving the company. They're leaving a manager.
0: Usually their direct manager. Yes. Direct- Not, it, there might be one up, but almost always it's their direct manager. And
1: it, it's generally because they don't have. That connection, and they don't have the shared value. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to have the perfect in sync shared value with somebody, maybe that you're that you're working for or supervisor, but you certainly can't have divergent value. Yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly.
1: So if you're leading people, you you want to know what drives them, mm-hmm. and it comes back to so take us back to our values. It it will always come back to values. Now you can intuit what you think their values are, but why not just be intentional about asking them?
0: Yes. Yes.
1: The alignment's really important. And so what we end up doing, um, and this is what drove me, this is, this is what refired me with brain trust. Lots of lots of um, scientific discovery over the, you know, 50, 60 years that that I've been around and where guys like my dad didn't know exactly why building the family relationship, building the connections worked the way they did. But they just knew that doing certain things, demonstrating your values, living out your values will always draw the right people to you. Yes, it. Now that we're now that we're actually looking at the mm-hmm. science of it if we were to hook up to an fMRI you you see that neurons and areas of the brain that are firing when when we're having a conversation let's let's bring it to a conversation level you and I are having a great conversation like the first one that we had and we really connected what you'll find when two people are connecting on that level is that as I'm talking to you if I'm telling you my my origin story my Dancing Dentino story. And you're enjoying all of that. What's happening is in my brain, neurons and areas of the brain are firing as I tell the story. As you're picking up the story and as you're really seeing it in your mind and you're enjoying it, the exact same areas of your brain, the same neurons in your brain are firing. It's called uh, uh, mirror neurons, neuron mirroring.
0: Mm -hmm. I tend to call it attunement.
1: Yeah. Well, and... yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We're, we're basically vibing together here.
0: Yes. <laughs> As the Gen Z would say. That's right.
1: <laughs> but you can see it. You can actually see it now. And so and, and along with that, you've got all this blood chemistry. You've got the neurochemistry. You've got things like oxytocin, which is the bonding chemical. That's that chemical they studied with um, mothers and their newborns. And they realize that when a mother is handed a newborn, that and they literally meet for the first time that they will they will see the levels of oxytocin in both the baby and the mother skyrocket and when that happens the levels the opposite uh, neurochemistry cortisol which is that stress chemical mm-hmm. which is probably pretty high in a mother as she's giving birth i would say yes yeah they <laughs> drop so when your oxytocin levels go up you're connecting. And your cortisol levels go down because the risk is is diminishing. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Now, pull that forward and let's talk about just relationships in general. And let's talk about conversations with people. You can modulate that same neurochemistry in people with the way you connect and the way you communicate with them. And So that's... That is where we, we we go with our customers, our clientele at Brain Trust. We we talk about this. We talk to them about communication and how connecting and communicating, whether you're doing it personally or professionally, before you ever try and transact anything. And I and transaction could be just hey, you're talking to my son. I need you to take out the garbage. Garbage day today. That's a <laughs> transaction. Yep. If I want to get a better response out of my son, then I will normally get when I say go take the garbage out. I need to connect with them first. Hey Willie, how was your day? Uh, you had wrestling practice today. How did it go? What kind of stuff did you guys do? Coach T that teach you that new Gramby role. Do you guys work on connect with them somehow? And then, oh by the way, it's it's garbage day. Could you take care of that for me? People are far more receptive to a request when you're connecting with them in the limbic part of their brain. That's the emotional empathic part of the brain, which is the part that you reach when you, when you communicate through connection. Yeah. And it's the emotional part. So when you're, when you're speaking to someone, if you can reach them emotionally first, one of the reasons I, I started out with my, my uh, dancing Dentino story, (laughs) it tells you a little bit about me and it helps it helps relax me, first of all, but then it also helps us connect because, you know, a little bit about he's from a big family, a um, lot of connection there. The We have the whole Italian thing going on. You know, it's the, the other joke, if you ever want to shut an Italian up, tie his hands together. <laughs> that kind of stuff just helps drive the oxytocin level up, drive the cortisol, the stress down. And it it allows you to reach the person's emotional empathic network. Mm-hmm. You think of the brain in two different networks. Tony Jacks, a uh, research uh, researcher up in um, Cleveland, Case Western University up in Cleveland. He's, he's done uh, years and years of research, and he's broken the brain down into what he calls two basic networks. If you want to think of the brain, there was the triune brain, the left brain, the right brain, all that. Well, Tony Jacks has broken it down into two networks. Analytical network, which is where all your comparisons are done. I'm going to go to the store and I'm looking for a bargain. I'm going to compare this price with that price, this sweater with that sweater. That's all happens in the in the analytical part of the brain. The emotional empathic part of the brain, though, is actually where all of our decisions are made. It's where our, yes, emotions come from. It's where our visualization comes from. <laughs> and that's where when you're talking to someone, and you're trying to connect with them. You want to reach them there. hmm. Because the emotional, empathic part of the brain is open to new ideas, open to to connection.
0: Yeah. So one of the when I was working a couple of weeks ago, I was at a large quick serve food service company, and I was working inside with a team. And um, there's also this other area that play opens up a lot of that as well. So we were doing some play. Um, We call them exercises, you know, because they're adults, but we're playing. And and then at the end of the day, one of the things that we did was have them identify their personal values and then we put them all up on the board. And so what was amazing to me, every time I do this, I'm always like, oh, this is so powerful because then people started to see the connections that they had on the team. Yeah. So it wasn't so much, there's these this poster on the wall of the values of this service company, this food service company. It was like, oh, these are my values. Yeah. And here here is how they are convergent rather than divergent. Mm-hmm. Here's how they connect, even if they are not the same, they're complementary to the other people on my team. And one woman said at the end, she's like, I've never felt like I could share this openly because she now felt connected because of this exactly the neurochemistry that you were talking about her stress levels were down oxytocin that trust hormone came out based on us connecting over values now talking with the leader a couple weeks later they've already started seeing different work product Mm -hmm. so when we're talking about values are more than just inspiration there's this neurochemistry behind why leading through values is such a business goal business imperative to how we communicate with teams so i think one thing that people often like resist is that idea of connection in a meeting so like we're starting a meeting and they're like oh let's just get i don't want to show up for the like connection part i'm just going to come for business what would you say to that resistant person who doesn't think that that's valuable time
1: so we I see that all the time, especially in guys my age, more than you know, more than I care to to admit. But <laughs> you've heard the old saying: nobody nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Teddy Roosevelt coined that. Well, Zig Ziglar tagged on to the end of that: the two words about them. Mm-hmm. People need to know not just that you care, but specifically that you care about them. How do you show someone you care about them? You connect with them. How, how do you do that? Well, we we look at it this way. You, there are two types of, of trust in in the workspace, whether you're talking subordinate, leader subordinate, or whether you're talking peers, two types of trust. There's There's personal trust. Do I trust you? And there's professional credibility or professional trust. Do I trust you really know what you're talking about? The professional credibility side, obviously, that's demonstrated by your skill and your ability to... To do uh, the job yeah. yeah, it's kind of your pedigree. Mm-hmm.
0: But
1: the personal side of it is really—it comes down to a couple of things. It comes down to being being truthful, being honest, showing humility, and some vulnerability. Mm. And that's the one that gets everybody. When I go yeah. in and I'm training people, they're like, "Yeah, yeah, trust. I get that truth. That yeah, I want to be truthful. Want to be honest. Be a little humble. Yeah, I can do humility. I can fake. It. Yeah." <laughs> But vulnerability, people do not want to, do. I, was, I was training this past week, uh, a customer and, and at a, a high tech company. And I had a person say to me, you know, I don't bring that personal stuff into the workforce. You know, that's, that's, that's fine. But I don't, I've got these values and these are the values that I, but I don't talk about any of that. I don't, I don't think it's appropriate. Well, they're in a particular industry um, that, that, relates with people on a regular basis and really (laughs) have to connect with people. There was a person in the room that had 35 years of experience in that particular sector as a, as a customer who is now Mm -hmm. coming in as one of their, one of their um, um, in-house workforce. And, and she said, listen, I worked in that industry. I worked in that sector for 35 years. And, and the people that came in, and showed a little vulnerability, a little connection, a little personal story, a little bit about, you know, what made him tick. Those were the ones that I would take the appointments with. The other ones I ran away from because I knew they were just coming in to sell me their thing.
0: We feel the transaction.
1: You do. Absolutely. We, we
0: resist it with that analytical brain because we don't want to get sold. I don't want to get manipulated. I don't want to. We resist it. And yeah nobody wants way. to be
1: sold anything but people have do it do love to buy things they do
0: when, we do <laughs> we have
1: something that i need great fantastic but l- let's let's talk about it let's connect first it's all about it's all about that connection so the way we have found that um that works best and it it i demonstrated a little bit in my personal connection that the dentino's dancing Dentino story. We will come uh, to our clients with a list of values. We do a values exercise. Mm-hmm. So we take them through the values exercise. And the way I do it is we give them 100 values on a piece of paper. Nothing magical about them. Look through this value, this list of values, circle the top 20. And then put it aside. Come back to it a couple days later. Now go break that down to 10. Put it away. Come back to it a little later. Now I want you to break it down. Give me your top five, but I want you to rank it. One to five, most important to least important. Then what we do, because values don't, we don't just get our values out of thin air. I like (laughs) that one. I'll take that one. Oh, no, no, that one over here. We get them from someplace. We see people model them. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I saw my dad model family service dedication. Those stuck with me. And that's why I do what I do, because I saw the benefit that he gave to people through the work that he did and the benefit that he got from it. It, it, It's not, Zig would say, it's not what we get by helping others. It's what we become. Yeah. The process of helping others. And and that's what I saw from my dad. So those stuck with me. So the second thing that we do is we have them take those values and go, okay, where did you see that value demonstrated to you? And we ask them to look back at three different stages of their life. Um, You know, 18 to 24, 25 to 36, and 37 on, who and where did you see that value demonstrated? And how did that inform you? How did that make you want to be, uh, to, to demonstrate or to live out that value as well? We call that their sage, sages mm-hmm. and stages. Yeah. So they go through the sages and stages routine. And then, and then once they've done that, we help them craft a story about their values. And the person that they they saw modeling those values, why it was important to them, we call it the my why story. But it's a misnomer because it's not really my story. It's a story about the sage demonstrating the value yeah. that, that I've taken to be such an integral part of me and why with that value, I think I can help you or I can um, impart to you the things that you'll need to either grow in the company, to stay with the company, to excel in the company. I'm going to try and impact you in a way to improve your performance, whether that's internally or externally to the company, whether that's personally or professionally.
0: It's such a great process to go through and to end with the story. Because that's what starts to um, integrate it into you. It's not, you know, as I said earlier, it's not just now a word on the wall. I always help people craft a story and a statement. Like, what does this word mean to you? So like my five business values are valor, flourishing, connection, curiosity, and uh, joy, (laughs) I had to think about what's my last one, it's joy. And Mm -hmm. I have definitions for those that I can Mm -hmm. rattle off that because, and a story, because it's now deeply integrated and it makes all the decision-making better. It makes the the alignment so much easier. Like you said, we all have them. Let's be explicit about it. You know, Brene says clear is kind and that, that clarity is so, so powerful. And oh my gosh, I just looked at the time. Okay, so <laughs> we need to, to wrap up our fantastic conversation. Maybe you'll have to come back for a part two. Um, I know that I love doing this work with clients and, and walking them through this process. So do you as well. How can we continue this conversation with you? How can the people connect with you? Tell us where to find you.
1: Yeah, well, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, it's Matt Dentino uh, on LinkedIn. I'm also on Facebook uh, at Matt Dentino. Brain Trust, uh, we're out there also on LinkedIn and on Facebook. It's, it's Brain Trust Growth, and our website is braintrustgrowth.com. I, I would love to continue that conversation, get more into storytelling, because that's the thing. We Human beings are story animals. Yes, we, we love are. stories. <laughs> and if you want to really connect with someone, you connect with them through stories. And that that will take you further in a relationship, whether it's personally or professionally, than almost anything else you could do.
0: Yes. Yes. Oh, I'm just, I just want to keep talking. I know we have to come back. That's the only, that's the only thing we'll have you back sometime in the new year. Next week, we have Erin Barr coming. She is an HR specialist and we're going to talk a lot about how you lead and like, uh, when do I use HR? (laughs) She's going to help us with some really tactical, uh, tactical pieces around that. I would love for you to connect with me at jenwhitmer.com. You can find all kinds of great resources about my speaking and other opportunities for you there. Um, Matt, thank you so much for being here today. I so appreciate it.
1: My pleasure. It was a joy. Thanks, Jen.
0: Bye everybody. So let me put my coach hat on for just a sec. Don't just leave this here. Take a moment what did you learn? What's your next tiny action step? Share this episode with someone and tell them connect with us to keep this conversation going. As always, I'm Jen Whitmer. Thank you for listening to joyosity. I don't take for granted that your earballs have a lot of information coming at you. Please take a moment to rate and subscribe. It really helps more people join us in creating positive culture with complex people. So work is a joy. People are whole and organizations flourish. Can't wait for you to join us next week.